Hi, Merch Money. We have Jonathan Cleeter on today. Welcome. Nice to see all of y'all. Jonathan is my accountability partner. I, I've brought up account, accountability partners several times talking about the benefits of having one. And I've mentioned you several times, but um, I don't think most of the people in the group have met you before. So thank you so much for being here. It's great to be with y'all. I was just trying to figure out, I was getting an echo in my ear, but I realized I also have the YouTube channel up in the background. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, I am so excited you came on. And guys, he got a mic specifically for this show. So we should all feel very honored. Hey, if I'm going to be hanging out with the famous Helen, you know, I have to, <laughs> I have to be fully prepared. I have to bring my A game. <laughs> I'm hoping we can get him to start his own YouTube channel. So if you guys are watching this in the future, check the description. <laughs> Hopefully there's a link to a YouTube channel. <laughs> so far, you can't keep all that Lego knowledge to yourself. I mean, come on. The four other huge fans of Lego might be interested. Oh, that's right. I, I told you about my Stormtrooper, right? No. Uh, I'll have to send up a picture after the show, but I now have a uh, six-foot Lego Stormtrooper in my basement. So <laughs> Nice. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, start from the beginning. Um, we want, we kind of, uh, Jonathan does FBA mainly, so it's not really merch related, but I also used to do FBA and I met Jonathan at ASD. And um, anyway, so we're going to talk about accountability partners, um, the importance of a mastermind, importance of networking and going to conferences and, and things like that. Um, but first, let's just do like a background on on how I met you. Um, I started FBA in like the very end of 2013, mainly started uh, more seriously in 2014. And then I um, was in the green room and which was a, a Facebook group and a YouTube channel that Steve Rakin did. And so I think you were in that group too, right? I was, yeah. I joined uh, end of 2015, Q4 of 2015, yeah. Yeah. So then um, people were posting in the group about going to ASD, which is a big uh, event in Vegas. Um, and I hadn't really been thinking about going, but Jason Clark, who was in the group, he convinced <laughs> me to go. Um, so I went and I... I only had like two weeks to prepare. Like it was like about to happen. And I'm like, sure, I'll go. So I, they did not think I would show up. I just showed up like with only two weeks notice um, and met him and then met you through that and uh, Jameson and, and all kinds of people. Um, that was so fun. It was a good time. It really was. We were all new. <laughs> all new. Um, somebody had started talking about accountability partners. I don't know how that happened. And I was like, oh, I don't have a, an accountability partner. And then you were like, I'll be your accountability partner. <laughs> well, Jason had, had and who was kind of the de facto leader of anything that happened in Vegas because he lives there. So he had created oh. a bunch of accountability partner and they kept pressuring me and I didn't really want to do it. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to choose the sweetest, kindest person I know. So there's Helen. <laughs> <laughs> I said I don't have an accountability partner right at the right time. So anyway, um, so we decided to become accountability partners. We got to talk about that trip. So the ASD conference was so fun. And then we decided to help Jason after he bought. <laughs> 
Well, first, first, I believe that was the trip with the poker game as well, wasn't it? Or was that the next one? No, that was another time. That was the next one where we played with the group in the hotel room? Oh, oh, you're right. Okay, so we've played more than one poker game. So, yes, the one with the hotel was at that trip. And and after, there were like eight of us, and by the time the game was over, it was just me and Helen. So, at that point, you know, it was fate that we were to come out on top. Exactly. It was solidified. We're definitely accountability partners. Got first and second place in the poker game. <laughs> um, so... But then he, so ASD is uh, a whole bunch of vendors come from all over the world, but uh, especially from China and all, everywhere. And you can find products for private label or resell or, or things like that. So, you can, um, so one of the people in our group bought a um, booth. So after the event's over, you can buy booths because the vendors don't want to have to take back all their products. So he bought a booth and we helped him pack up everything. So now it's always this ongoing joke. Do you remember? Um... Well, Jay, just to be clear, this was Jason's fault. This was not my fault. <laughs> Jason decided that it would be cool to buy out an ASD booth uh, that was mostly uh, cosmetics. So he buys this massive booth and we had all these friends there with us that just kept, you know, not feeling well or being late for a flight or, you know, <laughs> so by the time it's all done, it's just me and Jason and Helen unloading this booth. And we must have packed for how many hours do you think we were out there? A while. It was a while. It was, it was extensive. <laughs> so we, uh, we packed everything up and then we realized that the van that we were using only had two seats. So Helen's like, I'll ride in the back. So Jason had poor Helen riding around in the back of this fully loaded van so yeah it was it was a good time <laughs> it was i was sitting on boxes in the back of the van and right in front of the door it says make sure there's no humans in the back of this truck <laughs> something like about how illegal it was or something and i was like looking at the disclaimer like as we're driving oh my god anyway so that was that was our first, our first uh, hangout and then we our, went to hash house which was pretty delicious oh that was so good <laughs> yes With massive chicken and waffles and <clears throat> If you if you ever get a chance to go to Vegas after all this uh, virus stuff is over, make sure to check out Hash House at Go Go. They have some massive portions. Yes. So, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know if we should bring up this story. Why we might as well. Um, a lot of times, I think it was that trip, right? So I had just met these guys. Uh, we 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 had that whole adventure unloading the truck. Jason takes us out to dinner to thank us. So we go to Hash House. Everybody's joking around. Somehow, one of the jokes offended me, and I start crying literally in a public place in front of two people I had never met before. I mean, I had met you guys that weekend, but never before that. Um, so, guys, when I say I used to have depression and used to not be able to control my emotions very well, here we go. Jonathan knows this. The problem with Helen was she was she did not realize how awesome she was, but we got her there over time. Isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I I think Jonathan probably almost never talked to me again after oh, that never. day. So it was um <laughs> I felt anyway. horrible. Are you kidding? I was Where, like I wherever do? you start, you can always you can always uh, improve. Always improve. Um so ever since then I've uh, been working more and more on it and I don't struggle with it nearly as much. But Jonathan's one of the people that knew me before. So <laughs> He's a testament to how uh, difficult it used to be for me. Um, but anyway, we we had so much fun that trip. And then... Was, that, was that when we planned the Kmart meetup? 
that was a little while later, but after, so when we came back from ASD, um, how did we work it out? Like what, what tips do you have for people that want to be accountability partners? What was the, uh, what's the benefit of having an accountability partner? All of that. I think the accountability partner thing is very different for very different people. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly some people really enjoy, uh, like some of the other folks that we were in the green room with, uh, who they, you know, they wanted someone to check in every day. They wanted to have written goals. They would go up each year and write out all their goals for the first of the year. And I wasn't really that person. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. kind of more, like, first of all, the motivation doesn't ever come from an accountability partner. You have to have the motivation and then somebody can push you to help you, but you have to have, you have to be a motivated person to begin with. Um, so the reason that I really liked Helen is that, you know, we could check in with each other. We would message each other and say, how's it going? But, you know, she wound up pursuing something very different than I did. And, you know, we were still able to, you know, just to support each other. And it didn't have to be, we didn't have to follow a particular plan or, you know, watch a lot of Gary Vee videos, which some people absolutely love. But for us, it was just a very laid back. We would check in with each other periodically. I was yeah. that accurate I could describe. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it could be very different for different people. For me, I think, um, I think that I do tend to go more towards goals and, and things like that. But I think at the time I was very laid back because I didn't know what to really do with FBA. Like you were already much more successful than me. So it was like, I was more just like a sponge learning from you. So I wasn't really like, you weren't trying, famous yet. Yeah. I wasn't, right <laughs> I, wasn't famous yet. I wasn't trying to pressure you to do anything because I was mostly thinking like I was mostly learning from you. So I think that's probably why I came across as so laid back. Um, but You're saying this whole last four or five years has been a lie, Helen. Are you not <laughs> laid back? Are you going to call me at 5 a.m. tomorrow and be like, listen, John, I want to see some shipment stats. <laughs> well, you you can see in the group now. I do like morning routines. I post like I do wake I know, up at I five. Do see it. I well, literally yeah. do. <laughs> and that's I think that's kind of what made it work for us is we we were able to adapt to each other's styles. You know, mm -hmm. different things work and motivate different people in different ways. Yeah, I was able to just be um, to learn from you because I I tell people a lot like sometimes when you start a, a new business or you become an entrepreneur, you don't really know exactly what it takes or exactly what steps to really do. So I, I know that when I first met you guys, I was doing way less than I really needed to do. Um, so I would go to a store with one cart, fill up, you know, one cart, go home, pack up one, one <laughs> or two boxes and like think that I was doing FBA. But then when I would hear your stories and how you had shoppers going out and, you know, what your goals were and how much you were shipping, it kind of was like a light bulb in my head. Like, OK, this is what it actually takes. And it kind of made me realize, like, do I want to do what it takes or do I want to do something else? So I think that's kind of how I started going more and more towards merch, because I did not want to have to do what it took for FBA. I was like, I didn't, I don't want to have like thousands of carts and, and employees and warehouses and all this stuff. So I think um, sometimes that can happen once you start to learn what it takes and you can decide if, if that's the direction you want to go or if you want to do something different. Um, but I definitely, uh, once I started talking to you, once you were my accountability partner, my sales went up because I did start to do a lot more than I had done well, before that. You started to get more confident because a lot of what you were making good decisions. You just didn't mm -hmm. have faith in yourself to, to 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 go deeper and to buy more of what you were already buying. Which you know, in retail arbitrage, is kind of how it's done. 
which is interesting because for me, I am not passionate about shopping in the sense that I hate personal shopping. Like I buy everything online for myself, but when it's shopping for resale, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's like yeah. treasure hunting. But you got to remember, I was selling Lego long before I was doing e Amazon. So sleeping in my car in a Walmart parking lot because I had been dri driving all day was just normal. So, you know, yeah. thankfully now we can afford hotels. So we have leveled up. <laughs> leveled up. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was, it was really interesting and, and that's a very good point. Like I would just scan something and there'd be like 10 of them on the shelf and I would pick up one <laughs> or two. <laughs> so after talking to you, I, um, started to just get all of them. Well, 10, yeah. Um, so I did, I did get better with that. So sometimes it's not even that it's going to take that much longer. Like it's not necessarily that much more work. You're already there. They're already in front of you. Just put them all in the cart instead of one. So um, anyway, it was a, a learning learning progress. Um, but what are some of the other other stories? We we went to a uh, we went to what was it a Christmas party in New Jersey? We had the New Jersey Christmas party, which I flew into like well, I, I'm in Tennessee, so I flew into Washington. I think it was Washington, and then Helen picked me up, and we road tripped up to the meetup in New Jersey. So that was a lot of fun. That was so fun. There was 17 people, I think. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. 17. And me and Helen were too cheap to pay for rooms. So we both slept <laughs> on the couches. There were like two different living rooms with couches and this huge Airbnb. So we both <laughs> slept on couches. It was partly because we were too cheap and partly because we were too late with saying Yeah, we made the decision really late. <laughs> so all the rooms are already filled. But anyway, it was, uh, it was really fun. They... They, and I want to do that for Emerge Money or, or just yeah. with you guys uh, again, because it was so fun. It was just renting a big house and everybody stayed in the house. And it was just like and that a, house was huge. It had two kitchens. I mean, it was it was so fun. Um, so we got to go into New York City and then just all over. I think the Airbnb was in Hoboken. So we got to go around Hoboken, too. Robert is from there. So Robert took us out. We went to get yeah. sushi and we went and saw uh, one of the Star Wars movies. I think it was Force Awakens, wasn't it? The first of the oh, new yeah. Star Wars movies. You're right. Yeah, I totally I so. forgot that, that was that weekend. And we went to that little pizza place that was like, not underground, but it sure felt like it was in a basement. Yeah. It was amazing. Best cheesecake ever. So that kind of leads into networking. How You always seem like you just know everyone. <laughs> so tell us about how do you meet everybody? What Do you feel like networking is important? I mean, networking is great in the sense that if you're going to be an entrepreneur and run a business, you're going to encounter, you know, a hundred tiny problems. And mm -hmm. typically, if you've been an entrepreneur for any length of time, you've solved a bunch of those problems and you've come up with, you know, time saving tips and tricks. So what worked out well is if you've if you network with 10 other people who have also done that, then maybe they found a tip or a trick you didn't think of or a problem you hadn't solved or, you know, and certainly now with Facebook, you know, there's a group for everything. I mean, literally everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, f I found a Facebook group. Well, I joined the green room originally, uh, and that's where I met like you and Jason and Robert and a few other people from that circle. And then I was a, a part of a couple of other circles from like other YouTube channels and other Facebook groups. Shout out to Fast Turn Radio. That was my OG favorite YouTube channel back in the day. And so mm -hmm. I, I went up to some meetups there and met up with people, and then I introduced them to green room people. And, you know, it just grew from there. So there's definitely a it's not what you know, it's who you know mentality that can be extremely yeah. helpful because, hey, everybody everybody knows something you don't know. And that's whether you're a brand new seller or a multi-million dollar seller. 
Yeah, it's it's so helpful. I, I know just even talking to you, you would remind me about different sales because like each store has certain times they have sales. There's like a Nike friends and family discount and there's different ones. So um, that was so helpful because people yeah they can i have i have a mastermind now and it's all just people who uh who are big you know retail arbitrage sellers or mm -hmm. a few have graduated but it's mostly all retail arbitrage sellers so you know we just share tips and tricks and we're not even sharing bolos at all it's just you know processes and how to deal with employees and, you know some of the problems you handle when you're mm -hmm. dealing with that kind of you know that kind of issue which i don't know if any of you are familiar with the unconference but it kind of sprung out of that uh Kelly and Elizabeth, who are fairly well known in the community, they realized that people were going to conferences and they spent most of their time networking. So they just created a networking event where you pay like $75 for the conference and then you just go hang out by the pool basically at a nice hotel in Florida and just talk shop for a couple of days. So I've been there four years. Helen went with me at least once and it's a lot of fun. It's just all networking. It's a lot of fun. And I was very close to going this year. And then at the last minute I didn't. And I was just telling him I'm kicking myself because I didn't know that now there's no conferences this year because of coronavirus. I should have definitely taken advantage of that one. at the beginning I, uh, of the year. I took my wife to Morimoto's and I was telling her about the time you and I went there. Morimoto's is so good. You remember? Yeah. That place was. Mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a what would you call I guess a Jap Chinese restaurant, Chinese restaurant in Disney Springs. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, there. It's just such a fun conference because it's. Uh, I I met so many people. I met um, uh, just people doing private label, people doing merch. Oh, at that conference, that was how merch. One of the catalysts to merch money because at the conference, I was so used to just learning things from other people. I wasn't used to people coming up to me and asking questions. And that was the first mm -hmm. conference where people came up to me all You were the merch superstar. Yeah. I remember I, I'm sitting by the hotel and I look over and you have a group of people around you. And that's when I knew that, you know, I lost you. You had grown beyond me, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you spread your wings. <laughs> we were so used to everybody asking Jonathan questions and all of a sudden he's like, what's going on? <laughs> Why is everyone asking Helen? It was so funny. You but yeah, like, that I always knew you had it in you. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. That was in, when was that? Beginning of February, I guess, 2018. Um, yeah, 2018. That was also around the time that we, do you remember when we went to ASD and we, uh, I picked up, we, we had that suite together where I brought one of my employees, you and me and Karen all stayed yes. in the. Yes. <laughs> and you wouldn't let me log on to my um, Amazon. I wouldn't let her log her Amazon account in my hotel room because I was like, we can't risk it. It's too risky. And I thought he was joking. And then I realized he was serious. And then I realized like, it really is a problem. Like you really do have to be careful about stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun ASD trip too. How is Karen doing? Is she, is she she's still good. working? She's a hold up at home right now, as, as you can imagine. But yeah, yeah, she still works for me. She still shops for me. We're going on, I guess, about five years together now. So awesome. yeah, she's that, that trip was a lot of fun for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So unconference was great. ASD. Um, you always go, went to the green room uh, conferences. Do they still have those? Um, I don't know that there'll be one this year for obvious reasons, but yeah, every year since prior to this year, the last f I've been, I think there have been five and I've been to the last four. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so conferences are one way. Um, YouTube and, and Facebook groups and, and little meetups. I think that's one of the reasons why I did so many meetups last year is just because I had so much fun going to the different meetups. From it's fun to talk to like-minded people. Yeah, it really is. 
And then the other thing that you do is mastermind groups. Um, you did a, a whole group for Nike, right? Well, what happened was when the Nike restrictions went down in 2016, mm -hmm. basically, I don't know how familiar your audience is with like parent-child listings, but essentially when you have a listing on Amazon, like a shoe, if you have a Nike revolution, each each color is a child. So Nike revolution is the parent, and then each color and size is a separate ASIN, which is the child. So what you see a lot of times is uh, you see a lot of, uh, well, the Nike restrictions. They sent out an email email for every single parent and every single child. So basically all of us started getting emails like crazy saying Nike was restricted, Nike was restricted. And we were panicking because if you sell Nike and you get 60 emails saying Nike's restricted, you're like, well, this is the end, you know? So a group of us got together and uh, we started, we formed a spreadsheet and we put it all in. And what we realized is only a couple parents had gotten restricted, but they sent an email for every single child. So you had people that would get 60 emails and only have two different types of shoes. So out of that, we just kept discussing and we kind of just built from there. Yeah, it's, it, but you, I know like I had talked to a few of the people in that group um, at the unconference and they all just loved it. And I think you had a whole dinner with them that I went to, I'm pretty sure. You did, we, uh, we invited you to our special, uh, I, I'm trying to remember how we had set up. We all, we all got together for some sort of get together and I yeah. brought you as my guest, yeah. Oh, that's how I met Michelle Wentworth. Yeah, I sat next to her at the, so I was at this Nike mastermind group with Jonathan. Even though I only sold Nike just <laughs> here and there, I was. I think the reason I never got really into Nike is because I couldn't understand the box situation. Like I was so worried about having perfect boxes, and the Nike outlet by me didn't have boxes. Like they would just not have a lid. It would just right. be like the bottom part and. I was always too nervous about shipping it in. So I think I just sort of missed out on the whole thing. Like I would send in Nike clothes and things like that. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to worry about the box. Anyway, long story short, I end up at this Nike mastermind group and uh, Michelle Wentworth sitting right next to me. And so I end up talking to her at that dinner and then throughout that weekend. Um, and then a month or two later, I decided to start merch money and I, um, message her to see if she would do it with me. So that's how I met Michelle. Michelle is awesome. I was just with her at our, I think this is in our third annual uh, mastermind meetup. So yeah, we had, we had dinner together in Florida well this year. So Michelle right. and Dan are awesome for sure. So what's the benefit of having a um, mastermind group? Well, I think it's, it's just a matter of having like-minded people. I mean, everyone does it a, a little bit differently. Like we're not super strict, you know, we don't have any secret handshakes or <laughs> any, we just, you know, we just all have a, um, we use Slack so that we can, we used to use Facebook, but we graduated to Slack and we just all sit and, you know, we have channels about employee issues. We have channels about, you know, our top secret uh, plans for world domination, you know, just all of our different things. You know, we have, we have ones that are just for fun and, you know, we just kind of, we compare issues, you know, like I might post in there, hey, I'm having issues with this particular software. Was everyone else use or has anyone looked at this? You know, right now, a lot of a lot of resellers, a lot of business owners are dealing with, you know, all these various stimulus plans out of the federal government, you know, just whatever happens to be the current issue. And since we are at that level where we're not really worried about like, we all pretty much know what we're doing. We're not really looking for bolos or, you know, we're more looking to some of those higher level issues. So it's just finding people who are kind of either at the same level you're at, the level you want to be at or something diff a different category than you and using that to, you know, move forward. Yeah, I, I really, um, 
again, you taught me that too, because I never really <laughs> thought about being in a mastermind group until I went to that event. And then I was like, you know, this is a good idea. Um, so masterminds are so helpful because you're right. I mean, so many things come up. You can't possibly um, know everything. And somebody else, like if you're all in it at the same time, somebody's going to figure out the solution faster. So, you know, if Nike changes something, somebody in the mastermind group is going to figure out a, a workaround. So, and then it helps everybody else. So um, did you start that group or how did that happen? Um, I, I think that I, founded it in the sense that I'm the one who originally got everyone together on that spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, you know, that we've all kind of worked together to grow it, but I, I guess I, I don't know. I, I probably originally put us all in one group and then somebody else created a Facebook chat and then somebody else created Slack and you know, we just built from there. So I, I could be like, yes, I created and founded it. And I suppose I technically did. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of all just, you know, we I all make decisions together found out about it from you but then i asked the question because i was like maybe he didn't start it i don't know <laughs> i think i got everybody together so in that way i did yes but i'm not you know obviously there's been some there's a lot of really strong impressive people in there that you know have, have helped me carry it forward so yeah um so tell me about what's changed like how do you first of all how do you stay motivated so you've been doing fba for what over five years yeah, well, I, I did books in 2014, like just like one shipment just to learn the process. Um, and then I did, uh, I've done FBA since 2015. So uh, for me, I, you know, and I think that's when it comes to motivation, you know, motivation kind of comes with it with, from within. You mm -hmm. can have friends and people that, you know, encourage you and push you. But I've just, I've always enjoyed doing it. You know, I enjoy flipping things for a profit. I enjoy the arbitrage aspects of, you know, finding where you can bring value to a different platform and, and make money. And, you know, I've been lucky with Karen, who you've met, you know, Karen's awesome. So she's been a really strong right hand for the last five years. And, you know, we've just been building, you know, from there. And I think to some level, I know the retail arbitrage model will not last forever, but mm -hmm. I plan to enjoy it and do it for as long as I can. And, you know, Amazon evolves, Amazon gets harder, the margin, margins get thinner, it gets more competitive. I'm sure you see that in merch too, mm -hmm. you know? And it just, it gets more and more competitive, you know? So, and that's a lot of the reason when you started focusing on merch, you know, that I chose not to, because I feel like if you're going to do something, whether it's you doing merch or me doing RA, you really have to go all into it because it is very competitive. It is very challenging and you need to give it 100%. I don't want to say you're going to lose because I know people who do a couple of things well, but certainly you need to put a lot of your focus on a couple of categories to do them well. I think we think similarly in certain things. We, so we just chose different categories. Yeah, we forgot we focus, yeah. how we both were homeschooled. <laughs> That's true. I, I have never been to a public school, so I yeah. was 100% homeschooled. I was homeschooled until um, technically I went to a school in eighth grade, but only the first half of the year. And then my dad's job changed and we had to move to New Jersey. That was the worst thing ever to finally go to school and then have to leave the school and go back to being homeschooled anyway. Um, and then I, I went to ninth, like ninth grade to 12th grade. I went to school. I, uh, and, and that is another story too, that one year when that, that same time of that New Jersey trip, um, since my flight out was a couple of days after we ended the meetup. So me and me and Jason Clark went out and stayed at Helen's parents house so oh, that's right. we forgot uh, to say that too i got yeah. to sleep in i'm not sure that it was your old bedroom but it was one of your brothers or sisters old bedroom so that was interesting 
Yeah. So I'm the oldest of eight kids and the house that I grew up in, in New Jersey has seven bedrooms. So it was like this series of small rooms all in a row. So it looked like a dormitory and there's like bathrooms on either end. So he ended up in a room with two twin size beds. <laughs> Me and Jason were together. That, that was, and then, and then when I went in to take a shower, it was this interesting shower because it was like the roof was like slanted. I had never yeah. seen it. And someone like created that shower rod. That was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> A whole nother funny story. We have so many funny <laughs> stories. Um, yeah, that that house is like, what do you call those? Cape Cods, I guess, where it has like the slanted roof. And so all the rooms were in a row because it was like the higher end of the roof. I don't know how to explain it, but whatever. I, so I, the, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, so the bathroom ended up being in a part of the house where it had <laughs> the slanted roof. <laughs> I think the best part of that uh, visit, other than meeting Helen's parents and you know getting all the background embarrassing stories, was uh, I came down for the next morning and me and Jason were going to to leave, and um, Helen's dad is in the kitchen. He's like, "John, what do you want for breakfast?" And me and Jason were planning on getting something, so I'm like, "I'm good." And he's like, "Well, have a granola bar." And I was like, "Okay, I, I can have a granola bar." And then he's like, "You know, a granola bar is not enough food, John." And now, I don't know, if, if you're looking at me on camera right now, even just seeing my face, it's very obvious that I'm a very large gentleman. So, I mean, there's no no fear of me starving. I have never had someone name off that many menu options. That guy <laughs> offered me every everything he had in the house. He was like, do you want Pop-Tarts? Do you want oatmeal? Do you want cereal? Do And I was just like, how much food do you have? <laughs> it's so incredibly nice and so incredibly generous and impressive. I mean, I honestly think if I had been like, I need, you know, lamb with perhaps, you know, a side of such and such vegetable, he probably would have whipped it up right there. It was it was incredibly generous. Helen, Helen, you see where Helen gets it. She has really great parents and they are incredibly nice. And I finally assured him that the granola bar would be fine. I would not starve, but it took, it took turning down a lot of options, more than the average restaurant. <laughs> yeah, you can see how nice my parents were. And I remember after that, um, Jonathan was like, I can't believe your parents let two strange guys off the internet. <laughs> into their house <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny i'm like oh well we they're uh they trust me so anyway uh, well, that, your, your little sister still still lives there right yes she's so, a senior this year i feel so bad for all the seniors out there <laughs> it's so hard with the coronavirus to not be able to be at school and missing graduation and prom and all that so I feel so bad for her. My uh, my oldest stepdaughter is a senior as well. So she, she may be watching right now. I don't know, but she's going through this as well. But yeah, it was pretty funny because yeah. you've got these two strange men just hauling all their suitcases into your house and your little sister's like looking around the corner, like what's going on? It was true. What is happening? It was funny. Um, yeah. Oh gosh. So many stories. Um, you, was that, was it after that, that we decided to meet up at that Kmart? Do you remember that? <laughs> So, so Jonathan does these whole like shopping trips across the country. Um, and one of them happened to go through Virginia. So he's thinking like, oh, Helen lives in Virginia. It must be close. But Virginia is such a big state that it was like several hours for me. But I still went. It was this like Kmart in the middle of nowhere. Right? It was. It was. Well, it was. Where was it? Was it Virginia? I think it was Virginia. It was Virginia, but it was like some town I never heard of in Virginia. Like it was far from me. <laughs> it was um, middle yeah, of nowhere. Yeah, it was. It was like five or six hours from me, and I think three or four hours from you, wasn't it? It was yeah. a distance for both of us. It so it was a Kmart that was going out of business. So we meet up there, and Helen, Helen was still doing FBA then, so we were buying the most random stuff. I mean, we bought like chocolate, like jumbo Reese's peanut butter cups to sell, and calendars, and I mean, 
We bought all kinds of random things. I, he always likes to buy Legos. And so I was trying to learn like how to get how how he does it. Cause every time I scan Legos, it just feels like there's no profit in it. Like I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't quite figure I never did. Even being an accountability partner with Lego Kingpin, I never quite figured out how to make money off Legos. But anyway, so he's at he ended up finding a few Legos to get at that Kmart. But I was just like, fine, I'll just show you what I do. So I we go down the candy aisle. Because candy, you make a bigger profit off each one. But it's I guess it's probably a smaller dollar amount. But anyway, you can just buy like whole, uh, like basically just take the whole thing off the shelf. And there's just tons of, uh, I think it was around Easter. So it was all Easter candy. Yeah. I, I, or think candy? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I just remember there being a lot of the, it might have been before Christmas. Because I just, I don't remember. I just remember a lot of the jumbo candy. Yeah. Still being yep. there. We got a lot of candy at that one. And then I told them I, I would sell calendars because I liked getting things that were small and you could fit so many in a box. So calendars were easy because they're just like, you know, thin, so many in a box. So we both bought different stuff, but that trip we both tried to buy what the other person bought, tried to learn new categories. I remember I, saying that after I was like, I took Lego Kingpin <laughs> to other aisles of the store. <laughs> I, I do feel the need, uh, since my wife just mentioned it, um, that we I do need to clarify that it is actually Lego. The plural of Lego is Lego. Lego is like moose. There, Legos is not a word. Did I so say There's Lego? a random trivia that no one cares about. But yeah, Legos, the plural of Lego is still Lego. So like you just say, the only time you would put an S on the end of it is possessive. So if it's like my Legos, mm. otherwise the plural of Lego is Lego. So there's your random bit of Lego trivia. <laughs> nice. She sometimes says Legos just to torture me. So that's the nice. marriage I'm in. Nice. Um, Did yeah. we get a lot of Lego that trip? I think you. I think you there were some poly bags. I think that we bought a bunch of the little bagged ones. I have stolen all the Legos. I don't think I got any. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. I don't remember if there was even that much. I remember going through the toy aisle. The problem with Kmart was they did their clearance slow. They they did their closing so slowly that they really didn't have a ton of. A ton of things but we got a few plus they would bump up the prices so the clearance really wouldn't be that much yeah clearance. stuff that was perpetually on clearance would suddenly be full price yes exactly so all right what else i'm trying to think um i feel like there's a million more stories but <laughs> uh i was trying to think of ways to provide value to the audience um <laughs> No. Oh, this is just this is not just you and me catching up this is just you know i know i know i know um but is I most think, of your audience full-time merch? I think we've got a mixture. I think um, most of the full-time people do a lot of different things. So it's not just merch. It's um, print-on-demand is such a big category. I mean, they do yeah. and sell on Etsy. And a lot of people also do FBA or do um, some other type of business um, as well. So we got, we got a big range of people in here. Um, some people do Shopify. Some people do Facebook ads and you know, things like that. Um, but I think, uh, I do think there's a lot of value and I think you're very good at, at meeting people and um, everything from accountability partners to masterminds to going to conferences. Um, is there any other conferences you go to? You go to, uh, do I you go still to go to? Um, I have not recently. The, the, the challenge with conferences, and it, I would say, depending on how new you are, you would get more value at them. But um, you, when you go to a conference, you know, they're, they're trying to put a speech together that's basically a soundbite. So you're kind of getting a high level overview of what everyone does. Probably the most in-depth, well-done conference that I've personally been into is uh, Resonate. 
in Atlanta. Resonate is really well done. Um, he brings in, you know, definitely the best of the best as far as those particular fields. But with me, with any conference, it's the people you talk to, you know, in the lobby after, at the restaurant after, that really right. bring the value because that's when you can just sit there and, you know, network with. And you can do that online too. It's just easier face to face because you can just sit there and talk. And I think it's you know, nice learn. when you meet face to face, and then it's easier later to just talk online. Um, but it's like. I don't know. You feel like you know the person better if you've at least met them once in person. Exactly. Exactly. And then face to face is just easier. I think. Mm -hmm. Do you do, have you done a uh, merch money type meetups or? Yes, I did a lot this year, obviously not, but actually I think we still, we did one this year in January. We did one in, in uh, Columbus, but last year I think I did 12 or 13 of them. Like we did a lot of meetups last year. I think I remember you telling me that you were just doing them periodically all over the country. I feel like you actually did one near me, but it wound up being just when I was out of town or something, if I remember right. I think it wasn't that. I don't think I. Well, was it Nashville? Oh, you're right. Nashville's not I mean, that it was Nashville. Far. Yeah, it's like a couple of hours, but yeah, Nashville. But there were no closing Kmart, so. <laughs> you didn't want to drive a couple hours to go to a merch money meetup. Come on. If I remember correctly, and I don't, obviously I don't want to overshare, but I think there was a particular deal going on at that time. So I was also on the road, but I can't swear to that. I think so too. I think uh, last year, what I did is just anywhere I was, I had a meetup. So I was in Nashville because it was my sister's bachelorette party. Um, so I was like, okay, meet up. And then I was in Columbus because a, a different sister was graduating. And then, you know, any city I was, I would just plan a meetup around that city. So it was a lot of fun going all over the country. Well, which I have gone all over the over the country just shopping. So, you know, I, I know more about rural Walmarts in Mississippi than most people do. So there's that. <laughs> if, 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 I don't know how many people know about rural Walmarts mm -hmm. in Mississippi. So you might be the, 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 the one there. of the few. Well, the, if, if you do this for a living, and I don't know if there's anyone in your audience that does, but the, the most exciting moment is what would be a one-door Walmart. So there are some Walmarts that, although they have transitioned over to be more than, like they are super centers, well, they're not called super centers, but they are full service Walmarts, you know, grocery store and um, the other side as well. But they have not, uh, they, they have not, they are not a super center yet. So they don't have, they're just a one door. Now, usually if a city is small enough that their Walmart is only one door, then that's where the good stuff is. So that, that is not as much as it used to be. But back in like 2016, okay. I literally would spend weeks on the road going all over Louisiana and Mississippi and going to all these Walmarts in the middle of nowhere because, you know, they would have a lot of expensive electronic items that would be heavily discounted and, you know, you can only move so many three terabyte hard drives, you know, in rural Mississippi in a Walmart. So it was, I miss those days. It was good times. I know. See, this is the kind of stuff I would learn from him because I had no clue about that. Um, I remember Radio Shack was going out of business when, um, during that time I was doing FBA. So I, I did uh, hit all the Radio Shacks around my house. I remember that. And even, I think I even went up, um, on the way to New Jersey to see my family, I stopped at a lot of radio shacks on the way up there. It uh, It's interesting, which, you know, now I'm having to look at if I'm going to pivot because with <clears> FBA <throat> shutting down and non-essentials, you know, I have a lot of inventory in-house right now, but I'm trying to decide if I want to make that big shift to FBM. So, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I've done a few eBay orders and I'm like, I hate packing my own boxes, but, you know. But if you have a team, I mean, if you have oh. Karen and whoever else, well, they're, they're mostly uh, my two primary employees because I have a team in Philadelphia. So obviously we can't, you know, they can't do much up here. And then I have a team here and um, they're pretty much holed up at home right now just because, you know, I, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to put them at risk, you know. Right. But uh, 
so most if I'm doing it, I'm doing it myself, which, you know, is fine. But after doing eBay for why I realize why I appreciate FBA so much. <laughs> yes. It's so, and that's how I feel about merch. It's like, cause <laughs> I remember the beginning, you'd be like, don't you miss uh, FBA? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not at all. Well, and we were discussing this before we went on the call, but I have never done merch. I've never felt like I was that creative. I just, I don't have that many good ideas. I'm not, that is not who I am. Like even as a huge fan of Lego, I don't create things. I just build the sets and collect them. I'm a big collector. So I, uh, I applaud Helen and her creativity, but I'm just more of a, I like looking for ways to maximize profit out of a retail store, but just not good at creating designs. But you have, I don't know how many designs you have, but it seems like it's an untold number. Yeah. I, um, I have the ability to put up 10,000. I think I'm somewhere right around 9,000 right now. Wow. But what is like the highest tier you can hit when it comes to number of designs you can have up? I mean, we're all still learning. Merch is still fairly new. So, you know, uh, the highest we had heard of was a hundred thousand tier. Um, but I, I don't know if, if merch is going to limit it. So I'm, I'm assuming it'll be higher than that. Yeah. I would, I would have to think that if they're seeing the sales velocity, I mean, it, it really doesn't cost them anything to have additional designs, but yeah. What would you think the future of the Amazon merch program is to have like merch everything, you know, like I know they've looked at like coffee mugs, right. And pop sockets and things like that, but I hope so. I hope they have merch everything. It really depends. I mean, you know, this, we, they don't really tell us necessarily. I mean, maybe some people get to know ahead of time, but we really just don't know what their plans are. I'm just happy. They're still doing the program and, and right. have added, they have added some products. Not nearly as many as I would have liked, but they have added um, tank tops and V-necks and hoodies, pop sockets, a um, few things. I uh, I do need to put one caveat in here. My wife has just messaged me from upstairs where she's also watching this. I did not pack the eBay orders myself. She packed many of them. She helped me pack them. And I really appreciate her and her helping me pack those eBay orders. So. <laughs> That's true. I used the kids to help you. What are you complaining about? You got a whole like work crew there. Well, the, the, kids, the kids are going nocturnal on me. They keep sleeping more during the day and staying up more at night. So I don't know. Me Henry does that too. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I found myself speaking of of the, when Jonathan met me. I was really still in the middle of depression. I've gotten a lot lot better, but I found myself towards the uh, beginning of um, this whole pandemic starting to fall back into it. And um, once I started feeling like a little like I was moving more slowly and you know just kind of slipping back into it, I. Um, I made sure to just set my alarm every morning. So now I like always wake up at 6 a.m., start the day because otherwise, like if you keep moving, it um, it helps. So, Well, I, I think that, you know, we're very, we're very blessed. And I, you know, my wife and I were discussing this and that even though I realize merch being shut down is very rough on probably many of y'all, certainly not being able to, you know, send in shipments is very rough on me but we're very blessed to live in a world where when the whole world is dealing with a earth-shattering virus you know i can't imagine owning a restaurant right now i mean the stress yeah. would just be unbelievable the fact that you know she and i can just you know sell a few things on ebay let our amazon items sell you know i mean it, it won't last forever but certainly you know if, if for a few months we can practice some social distancing and get this over with we're very blessed that we don't have to worry about you know and I'm so grateful for all the people working in the grocery stores and at Amazon and certainly the healthcare field as well, yeah. you know, but I don't know. Those, those grocery store cashiers are the unsung heroes because 
they're making, you know, very, very low wages to do a very scary job. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing we're blessed about is that we've learned over these few years how to um, make an income on our own and how to sell online. And even if our particular avenue slows down or goes away, um, it's a little easier to pivot because we at least know what's out there and at least know the basics, you know, how to sell online. So we just, it's just a matter of switching platforms if necessary or, um, yeah, yeah, just pivoting. And yeah. I, I do want to put one caveat here because I've said this on any any interaction I've had with any digital group of people. If anyone in your audience lives has grandparents or elderly relatives that lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's a fairly small city. But I mean, we're like half a million people. But if you know, and you need me to like drop them a couple rolls of toilet paper or a loaf of bread, just let me know. You know, message me after the show, and I can certainly do Aww. that. Hey, we all we all got to look out for our grandparents. Oh, if I just so keep nice mine from going to Whataburger, I would be good. That's so nice of you. Yes, definitely um, definitely look out for each other. Um, oh, I was telling Jonathan, my grandmother actually passed away um, this week. Um, and it was actually from the coronavirus. I, I still am like having trouble believing that. It was right before Monday's show. I found out like an hour before the show. And I still did the show with detour shirts but um yeah this is this is no joke this is hitting everyone but if you're elderly it's um really bad i'm proud of you you've come so far that is to just still do the show is incredible i um it's one of those things where she had alzheimer's and you know we it was her time to go but it's still no matter what the situation is it's always hard because it's just you know, I have so many good memories with her and I actually got to live with her when I first moved down. So my, my parents moved us to New Jersey when I was in high school. And then um, after college, I decided to move back to Virginia. And so I moved um, and lived with my grandmother for a couple months while I was trying to find an apartment and everything. So I actually lived with her. I um, She taught me so many things. She taught me Scrabble. <laughs> I have uh, lots of memories of playing Scrabble with her. She she loved art. She was a sculptor, so she would sculpt um, things. She was a teacher. Um, very. She was very good with technology. So I always tell the audience I'm always like uh, not that great with technology, which is so weird because my dad is a computer programmer. My grandmother was always on the cutting edge of technology. Like anytime something new would come out, she would get it for me. So I had like one of the very first iPods ever. Um, she got it for me and I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, what is this? She's like, it's an iPod. It's like, you can listen to music on it. And I'm like, what? Like, That's probably so my a collector's item now. My grandmother was way ahead of technology than I was, um, which is interesting. So I, uh, she, she's an amazing lady and um, yeah. She's been been through a lot, and uh, I feel for all of you guys who have lost somebody to this um, this horrible pandemic we're going through. Um, but we all uh, have each other to help get us through this, and uh, I'm happy to know all of you guys. And thank you for <clears throat> offering to deliver stuff to people in Chattanooga. It's so nice of you. I uh, and this I feel the need based on. I just looked at the chat here on YouTube and I feel like I need to, to make a, a shout out to uh, when I, I used to be a very big Toys R Us uh, reseller. I would buy a ton of Toys R Us 
Mm-hmm. To, and I, I it probably doesn't matter now, but I don't want to give away all my secrets, but I needed someone to help me sign up for a particular deal because it was like a one per person deal. Um, and so I paid a local reseller I had made up in the green room, and that's how I met Sue, who is in the mm-hmm. chat right now. She sells by Sue. So Aww. now Sue and I, when she comes through Chattanooga, when we meet up, I go through her there and she meets up. So shout out to shout out to networking with Sue. Yes. And thank you, Sue. And thank you, Mike, and everyone that said sorry. Um, and we'll just hi- give you a virtual hug. And hi to BB Rose. That's my niece. She is so good at always watching the show. Um, so thank you to everyone here today and Dwayne. Um, well, yeah, this too shall pass, right? Yep, absolutely. But I think it's a great opportunity to just help each other and be kind to each other and reach out and say hi to people that you haven't talked to in a while. That's why I, 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 maybe it was my birthday that we talked or I don't know, but it's nice to reconnect mm-hmm. with you because we haven't talked haven't as talked much. So it's nice to uh, touch base. Just, I think all of us should do that. Reach out to people that you haven't talked to in a while and um, everybody, everybody could use a friend right now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I always told my wife, I, I consider myself kind of like a paranoid person as far as I'm always planning for anything that could go wrong, but yeah, worldwide pandemic was never on my list of things to worry about. No, I, it never crossed my mind. So sometimes when people are like, you know, getting mad at Trump or getting mad at everybody, I was like, well, how was anybody supposed to know? And then the more I'm learning about it, I'm like, oh, wow, people actually did know. And so that's why they're mad at him. Like, I guess you were supposed to know that this could happen. Like you shared that um, video about Bush. Uh, yeah. being In worried 2005, about it. he created a pandemic task force and he was heavily preparing for one, which kudos to him to being way ahead of the curve. But yeah. Yeah, it's hard to take serious until it's it's there, you know. And apparently, it's like every hundred years, it's like happens, which is kind of like depressions and recessions and stuff tend to happen every ten years or so. So it's if you haven't been through one, it's hard to remember and be prepared. Um, but I think going through this recession or whatever we're going through. Um, in some ways I had been a little bit more prepared because I had been through 2008. So I sold my condo in 2018 because I was so worried about another recession. I was like, I mean, I want to sell at the peak this time because I I bought the (laughs) condo at the peak and I'm like, I do not want to have to hold it through a whole nother 10 years. No, for sure. So I sold it. I mean, I probably could have waited it another year, but I sold it at the peak because I was like, I don't want to have, so I kind of, in a way, like going through the 2008 recession prepared me for this. Um, but I hadn't, uh, I hadn't gone through a pandemic before. So it's going to be some interesting opportunities coming out of this. You know, it it is for sure. I mean, certainly people's buying habits are going to change, you know, forever. And, you know, I'm I'm like, how long, if, if, if tomorrow, you know, they said, well, we're good. You can go back out. You know, how many people are just going to go sit down at a restaurant? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it, and, and it, people who are getting used to wearing face masks and stuff like, are they going to feel weird going out in public without one and handshaking and stuff like that? Is that going to make a comeback or is that just gone forever? Um, it seems like handshake probably does need to go. Like it seems like the, the risks yeah. do outweigh the benefits pretty yeah. dramatically. But, you know, at the end of the day, all we can do is, uh, you know, take care of all of our elderly relatives and stay inside. I have a, I, I, I have, so my office right now has no people. So mm-hmm. I, I've, I've went there once or twice um, since yeah. obviously there, I'm still totally isolated. 
And, uh, but other than that, you know, we haven't left the house in about three yeah. weeks. So. And anyone, I mean, really any of us can get it, but especially if you have any kind of underlying anything, I'm hoping that I already had it. I don't know for <laughs> sure. But, Everyone thinks um, they already had it. It's incredible. I hope so, because I don't want to have to go through it again. But in February, um, my stepson got really sick and we had to go to the hospital and, um, it was, uh, we had gone to the XFL game in DC. So we had been around 30,000 people. So I'm thinking we might've gotten it from there. We definitely caught whatever it was we got. We got some kind of virus there. Um, whether it was coronavirus, I'm not sure. But whatever virus it was, um, it looked like pneumonia when they did the x-ray on him. Um, but it ended up being there. They just described it as a virus that was attacking his lungs. So I'm like, well, that sounds like coronavirus to me. But whatever it was, we were in the hospital with him for three days in February. And then um, I got sick the following week. I still did the show. <laughs> so there's a show where I'm like so sick. The mastermind group, I didn't even try to look good. I didn't put makeup on or anything. So they have like a legit, this is the day Helen had coronavirus <laughs> video. The one on merch Snapshot. money. Yeah, the one on merch money, I uh, tried to look nice. So it, it was a little harder to tell. But uh, yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping we already have it because I definitely don't want him to have to go to the hospital now like for me i was able to recover on my own fine without going to the hospital but with him like he yeah. has asthma he had to go to the hospital so if anyone lives near helen we need you to put some reese's peanut butter cups and some bread on her porch <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll see we'll all make it through um yeah. it's but uh well i don't know how much you watch the numbers but i've been watching the uh a lot of people tell me I shouldn't watch the numbers because it stresses them out, but I find it interesting. And in watching the curve, we, we do seem to have slowed the curve down. Like it's, it's not progressing as dramatically or as fast as what a lot of the more dire predictions, you know, mm -hmm. says, so, I mean, don't get me wrong, still social distance. It's still going to be rough, but by doing that, we've, we've, we seem to have lowered it dramatically from what it could have been. Yes, absolutely. I think so too. Um, and hopefully some states will, will just have like very, very low cases of it. Um, I'm, uh, some of the states, it seems like it'll ramp up down the road, but hopefully it won't. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're, we got to learn the New York lesson for sure. Yes, definitely. That's right. So, but well, thank you so much. I, 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 we've already been talking almost an hour, so I don't want to hold you up too long. But was there any advice um, that you wanted to share that we haven't talked about yet, or anything that could help? entrepreneurs and especially going through this time like is there anything that could help people sort of pivot or or learn how to you know keep keep going when they maybe have feel a little down the, the one question that i did have for you was because I, I and i was i've been meaning to ask you this offline for a while but in in you in you doing merch i mean or any kind of print on demand have you ever looked at working with like because, like, for example, I know at least one artist locally who, you know, they do a lot of they do a lot of really good work, but they have no clue how to market it or how to put it on anything or how. To, and I'm like, it seems like people in your audience connecting with artists could really be a marriage made in heaven in that they would have a way to actually market their artwork and you would actually have something unique and special and maybe even copyrightable. You know, I don't know how that all works, but it yes. sure seems like an avenue there. Yes, I um. I know people do that. I know Young, um, he, you know Young from the Green I Room. I forgot about that. I was about to explain who he was. I'm like, wait, you know him. That's a few years back there, but I do. <laughs> Young uh, kind of also pivoted over to merch, um, actually before I did. 
Um, but anyway, he uh, works at a school. And so he um, sometimes will have artists, I think from that school, or at least like in his area, he will uh, partner up with them sometimes. Um, a lot of people end up using VAs because it's a little cheaper, right. a lot cheaper than than artists in the US. But it's uh, it's definitely a uh, a great option. And the, that's the thing with networking. I mean, nobody is good at all of it. I mean, there are a few people who actually are somehow good at all of it. They're good artists, good at marketing, good at everything. But most people are better at one thing or another. So it's it's really nice if you can network with people in your community or, you know, find a way. There's people with big audiences um, on Facebook or, or TikTok or wherever, Instagram, and you can get them to show some of your artwork and stuff like that. I mean, there's the possibilities are limitless. Absolutely. Well, I think the thing that I would encourage, you know, you said as far as any kind of uh, encouragement is just to really take this time to, if you have any, you know, training courses you've paid for that you haven't actually bothered to, you know, dig through or really just take it. Like for me, I, I was emailing with my CPA and I just got my taxes done this morning. So, you know, uh, which we have till July, which is awesome. And I'll probably wait to file till July, but at least they're done, you know, yeah. really just see this as a time to get caught up on all the things that you otherwise would probably not do or would do poorly. And, you know, I mean, you keep hearing all those equivalencies about, you know, how our grandparents and parents went through all these various things and all we mm -hmm. have to do is sit on our couch. So I'm trying to grow as much of my business as I can by sitting in my basement. So, you know. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's, we shouldn't downplay that too, where it's like, we're just sitting on the couch. It's like, sit, you know, it is hard to be isolated from people and to not move around as much as you're normally used to. And if any of you have any kind of struggle with depression, like I do, I really think you should try to move around as much as possible because sitting and doing nothing is like disaster for people who um, tend to have depression. You gotta make sure you keep moving, do something <laughs> because you can't just sit there. Um, find some things around your house to list on eBay and make a few bucks. Like for me, I don't, I don't really uh, deal as much with depression as I do anxiety, you know, as far as I have a family to feed, you know, obviously it's, it's rough business wise for almost everyone, unless you sell grocery and then you're, it's insane. But you know, for most people, so you just got to put your head down and control what you can control. <laughs> yes. That is the big one right there and clean your house. I mean, whatever you got to do, all these little things can make you feel better. So, um, but mainly just reach out to people, reach out to other sellers. I mean, if you've gone to any kind of networking thing before, see how they're doing, try to help them. Um, we can all kind of work together to figure out how to pivot and, and what to do next. Um, and definitely guys post any questions you have. You could post it on this video, post it in the group. Um, if you're struggling, let us know. And we could try to help you think of a way to um, way to pivot. And if you, uh, if you have a local seller like Sue, for example, then this is a great time to, you know, look at her store, figure out her bolos so that you can take some of her leads, you know, whatever you have to do. <laughs> no, no stealing bolos. <laughs> Just from Sue. She'll understand. It's it's a competition. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jonathan. And, and thank you all who are watching. Um, this is a lot of fun to catch up. So it was great to talk to y'all. And I look forward to doing it again sometime. All right. And guys, on Monday is our two-year anniversary. Can you believe that, Jonathan? Two years. Wow. It feels like it was just yesterday. You were like, I'm going to start a YouTube
channel. I'm not going to do FBA anymore. I'm going to do March. <laughs> that was so. So guys, you'll see a post from me later, but um, Monday, definitely uh, watch on Monday. It's going to be a, a little bit longer than normal episode, and it's going to be a lot of people that we've had on the show in the past are all going to come on, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Lots of giveaways. So, All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I will uh, you. see you later. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye, everybody.